I can hardly wait to hear what I've got to say this morning. And God has certainly blessed my heart already. And I pray that you will be blessed from the Word of God today. Now, did you know that there are some people today who hear voices in their heads? Brother Reuben, is that you? Do you hear voices in your head? Well, you know, I'm not talking about a voice from someone who's present from the Internet, uh, from television and so forth and so on. I'm speaking of someone who hears voices in their heads. Now, before, before you uh, go thinking that someone needs a trip to the psychiatric ward, uh, let me say that I believe that we can hear voices coming from the Word of God. And uh, I'm not speaking today of audible voices, but rather voices of those who speak to us from the pages of this book, God's Word. You know, we know that, that the birth of Christ took place, and we just got through celebrating Christmas, the birth of Christ. And it's as, it's as though that I can, I can look into the pages of the book, and it's as though I can hear some voices around the birth of Christ. I hear the voice of the angel speaking to Zacharias when he said, you're going to have a son, your wife's going to give birth to a son, and you're going to call his name John. Well, if you know how the account goes, how that Zacharias really doubted that at first, and he lost his speech, he could not speak. But later on, when he came to his senses and and he wrote down the name. They asked him, said, what should the child's name be? And he wrote down John. And his voice came back. Well, you know, I can also hear the voice of the angel speaking to Elizabeth. How that she would have a child whose name was John. And his name would be, of course, John the Baptist. And then how can I not hear the voice of the angel speaking to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Mary heard the angel. I can hear the angel this morning. I can also hear the angel speaking to Joseph. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. It's as though I, I can hear these voices this morning coming from the Word of God. There are not only voices of angels that we hear coming from the Word of God in the Bible. God has also allowed us to hear not only the angels, but real Human beings speaking, not make-believe people, but people speaking from the Word of God. Human beings, preachers, teachers of the Word of God. And hearing these voices coming from the Word of God is not something new. Now, you as a Christian, you may have been ridiculed for your stand for Jesus Christ. You may have been ridiculed for saying that you hear the voice of God coming from this book. Well... You know, don't think that is strange. Because all down through history, Christians have been criticized for listening to God, for listening to the Word of God. There's nothing new under the sun according to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. 
and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new, it hath been already of old time, which was before us? Don't think it's strange if people make fun of you and ridicule you. They ridiculed our Savior, Jesus Christ. He walked this earth. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He fed the poor. But yet, He was criticized. He was maligned. He was ridiculed. Turn with me to Matthew 27, if you would. In that chapter, we hear many voices. Voices we read of in Matthew 27 those voices are still being heard today. The voice of Jesus can be heard from the Bible as He uttered seven sayings while hanging on the cross of Calvary. Now, I'm not going to speak about those seven things today, but if you want to hear some of those, if you want to hear those seven things, you go to our website, to the church website, and you, you click that it says Sermon Audio, and you'll hear this man over here you click up there where it says you put the cross in there and you click that and he has the seven sayings that he brought out of the Word of God back in 2019. These things are important. I'm not going to concentrate on those things today right now. What I would concentrate on is this. The voices, the voices heard around the cross of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to notice, first of all, if you would, with me in the book of Matthew chapter 27. And just before we do that, let's pray. Now, Father, I ask you for your strength. Lord, I can't do this on my own, and I would not even attempt that. But I must depend on you. And I pray now that uh, as the word goes forth, that we would hear the voice that you would have us to hear. You, we would hear your voice. We would hear the voices that were heard around the cross of Jesus Christ as He hung there, as He was dying. I pray now that You would guide our hearts and our minds. May we receive the things that You have for us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice first of all, if you would, with me in Matthew 27, verses 39 and 40. And they that passed by reviled Him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself if thou be the Son of God. Come down from the cross. I see here in this verse, in these verses, the voice of unholy ridicule. Ridiculing the Son of God. And these people we read of in Matthew 27 were challenging Christ because of His words that we find in John chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. It says there, Then answered the Jews and said unto Him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. They remembered... They remembered the voice of Jesus in person, and they were remembering the, the voice of Jesus now as He rose from the dead. But these people made fun of Jesus back here in Matthew chapter 27. They said, Jesus, what sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Folks, if you're looking for a sign today, you need to be looking for the Savior instead of the sign. You need to be looking to the Son of God for the answers in your life. And the first answer you need to... Uh, 
You need to answer this question. Have you been born again? Have you been saved? Are you on your way to heaven? Matthew 27, 42 says, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. This is the voice of unholy ridicule. If he be the, the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Well, there are Jewish people today and others today who are still looking for signs of God, from God. But I remind you of the words of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 and 40. He answered and said this, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of prophet, the prophet Jonas. And for as Jonas, as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. I would caution you, if you're looking for a sign today, instead of looking for the Son, you need to listen to Jesus Christ when He said, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. You need to be seeking after Jesus Christ, not the sign. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation today. Matthew chapter 27, verses 41 through 43. Not only did the people ridicule Jesus Christ, but notice likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Not only did the people around the cross criticize, ridicule Jesus Christ, but so did the scribes and Pharisees and the chief priests. And not only that, we also read in Matthew 27, 44, the thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Some will tell you there was only one thief that did that. My Bible says there was two, the thieves. Both thieves criticized the Lord Jesus Christ. They ridiculed him. They were in the same condition that he was. But yet they ridiculed our Savior hanging on the cross. Mark 15, 32 says, Let Christ the King of Israel descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. They were dying. They knew they were dying. They were hanging there with the Son of God. But yet, they mocked Him. They ridiculed Him. You see, the voices that we hear reviling Christ, they were actually blaspheming the living Word of God. They were actually blaspheming the very God of gods, the God of glory. These people were those people in the Bible, it says in John 1, 11, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. These were the people around the cross. He wanted to see those people saved and on their way to heaven. Then we see the voice of unconscious gospel. Psalm 22 is a prophecy of what these people who were around the cross would be saying. Psalm 22, 7 and 8 says, And they that... See me, laugh me to scorn. This is speaking of Jesus back in the book of Psalms. All they that see me, laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip and shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that He would deliver him. Let Him deliver him, seeing He delighted in him. This, of course, was fulfilled, as we've read in Matthew 27, 39. Well, notice the chief priests, scribes, and elders were actually reminding people of what Jesus said. They didn't even know what they were doing. They were giving out the gospel. 
John 10, 30, it says, I and my Father are one. They, this is Jesus speaking, and they were giving this out to the people. Say ye of him whom he, uh, the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I said I am the Son of God, John 10, 36. They were actually giving the gospel to the people here, the scribes, Pharisees, and the priests. They were telling people what Jesus said in John 10, 36. What did he say? I am the Son of God. And now the voice of unbelieving repetition. Psalm chapter 22 once again talks about this. At this time, and we've already read about the thieves, they joined in with the chief priests and scribes and, and elders and to mock and ridicule our Lord. But you see, I believe that the, the devil had so ingrained the people he had so ingrained hatred for Christ within the heart of the unregenerate at the cross of Calvary that they actually made accusations that could be attributed to the devil. The devil. Now if we compare language of Psalm 22 and verse 13 and that of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, we're going to see a comparison here of the people and the devil. Psalm chapter 22 and verse 13 it says here, speaking of Jesus Christ, they gaped upon me, and this is speaking of Jesus, they gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. But what does 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 say? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil had placed within the hearts of these unregenerate people to blaspheme Jesus Christ, this was the unbelieving repetition that was said over and over and over again while he was hanging on the cross. Now look at the voices of unholy blindness. Oh, I see this. I hear this. Matthew 27, 46 through 49. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. And that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I hear that. Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Did you know that there's people today that's looking for Elijah? Oh, I, I don't mean they're looking for the prophet Elijah. I mean that, uh, did you ever hear of the saying, you can't see the forest for the trees? You can't, you can't see the forest for the trees or whatever, okay? These people standing there, these people around the cross, they couldn't see the Son of God. They were looking past the Son of God. And this is what, this is what took place on the cross while Jesus was there. People saw Jesus. They heard Jesus. Most of the, at the cross firsthand knew that he had raised the dead and, you know, fed to 5,000. They either had been present or they had heard about this. Maybe even the raising of Lazarus. Maybe they heard about this. Well, yet looking right at Jesus, they miss seeing the truth. They look for someone else. Ezekiel was told about people like this in a vision. Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse 2, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house. 
which have eyes to see and see not. They have ears to hear and hear not, for they are rebellious house. Well, doesn't the same thing happen today? Don't we see this same thing happen today? Some people look to Muhammad. Some people look to Buddha. Some people look to some cult like the Jehovah's Witness or uh, the Seventh-day Adventist and, and so forth. Some even look to the church. Some people think that by coming to church, they're all right. That everything is fine. They've, they put in their duty. They've done what they have to do. And uh, they're going to heaven. Some people actually think that. Maybe they think that some preacher, they put their faith in a preacher who stands up, who has on a suit and a tie. Maybe he has on flip-flops and shorts and a, and a pullover. I don't know. But he stands there and there's people who follow this. But you know, I look back in the Bible and I go back to first, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 and 15 through 15. For such are false apostles. Some people look to television evangelists, so-called. Some people look to uh, radio evangelists, so-called, and preachers. But many of them are false prophets. Deceitful workers. Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. We don't follow men. We don't follow women who claim to be the children of God who lead people away from this book, who tell something other than what this book has to say. Unholy blindness. People looking, but they can't see. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way to heaven. It's not through some cult. It's not through some person other than Jesus Christ. Now notice the unholy voices of hell. First I look, you, do you remember when Jesus was led into the wilderness? I hear wilderness voices in the wilderness. Now we've looked at some of the verses heard around the cross of Calvary. And would you allow me to go just a little further? Think with me just a moment. You, you may remember that just after Jesus was baptized of John in Mark chapter 1, verse 9, He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. He wasn't led there by the devil. He was led there by the Holy Spirit. And there He was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. Matthew chapter 4 and verses 1 and 2 talks about this, and we'll read that in just a moment. But let's read it now. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. Oh, how our Savior was tempted of the devil. How he, how he was once again maligned even there by the devil. We read how the devil tempted him with food. Remember, Jesus Christ hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights, Matthew 4, 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Our Lord had eaten nothing for 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, how he was tempted. He was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. He had, he had the feelings that we have. 
He hungered like we hunger. He thirsted like we thirst. He was tempted by the devil to worship him, to worship the devil, and in return all the kingdoms of the world would be, would be his. We're told in Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Can you imagine offering the Lord of lords, the creator of this, of everything, offering him the things of this world? But Jesus wouldn't listen. He didn't give in to him. And further in Matthew or Luke chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, and he brought him to Jerusalem. That's the devil brought Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, Allow me once again, if you would, of looking back to those awful hours. Yes, those days that our Lord was tempted of the devil as he was tempted back there. I believe if, if we could have been there, I believe that not only would we hear the taunting voice of Satan, I believe that we would also hear the jeering taunts of the demons of hell. Taunting. Blaspheming. Ridiculing heaping all manner of indignities upon our Lord and Savior. Not only by the voice of the devil would this be heard, but also by the voices of those demons destined for the lake of fire forever and ever. Oh, when I think back and I hear these voices, how our Savior must have suffered during those 40 days and 40 nights. You say, why did you mention that about the wilderness temptation? I'm glad you asked that, because now we go back to the cross. And I'd like for us to think about this. Voices from the wilderness to the cross of Calvary. I believe that some of those same voices heard by Christ in the wilderness could now be heard around the cross. You may say, uh, you, you mean there were demons at the cross? I believe so. Yeah, you mean the devil was at the cross? I believe so. I believe, I believe they were there. I believe the jeers and taunts would probably, probably at that time be even worse than they were in the wilderness. Can you imagine the celebration that was going on with the demons of hell and the devil around that cross? One demon might have said this. I knew he, really, uh, he wasn't really God. Look at you now, Jesus. You thought you were so great. Your own mother couldn't even recognize your pitiful, naked, bloody body hanging there for all to see. Can you imagine that? Another demon might have said this. Look at you now, Jesus. And our Lord, this is he's speaking of the devil here. Our Lord, the devil, he's saying, look at you now, Jesus. Our Lord is now proven to be greater than you. You look so pitiful hanging there. Oh, I can hear these voices. Oh, what, what anguish our Lord endured. The anguish is not only physical pain, but it also included verbal assaults by hell. The devil, his demons, most assuredly voiced their approval of Christ's suffering and dying. <laughs> but you see, just in a few hours, after celebrating Christ's suffering and dying, 
The grave could not hold our Savior. Death and hell could not hold the Lord of heaven. Hallelujah, I say today, because he sets us up. What a Savior our Lord is. And because of Christ, those of us who know him as Savior, we can say, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Christ conquered death. Our Savior would rise from the grave after three days and three nights. And you see, once again, I hear voices from the Word. Mark chapter 16, verse 2 says, And very, very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. Mark 16, verses 5 and 6, And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man. These are women coming to the sepulcher. They saw a young man sitting on the right side. I believe this was an angel. Clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. He said, you don't have to be afraid. He's not here. Folks, are you afraid this morning? Are you afraid of what's going on around you? You need to listen to the voice of this angel as he says, don't be afraid. This same Jesus is alive. Your Savior is alive this morning. Hear the voice that comes from the Word of God. One more voice. Maybe two. One more voice. A voice of compelled confession. I can't leave this out. Mark 15, 39, And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. How long has it been since you cried out and said, This is the Son of God. You must believe on Him to go to heaven. How long has it been since you told anyone about Jesus Christ? Has there ever been a time when you called on Him and you trusted Him as Savior, but you refused to go down into what we call the watery grave back here? Your disobedience to God because Jesus Christ said you need to be baptized, not for salvation, but because you are saved. You stand in that water as a testimony, just as this man cried out and he said, Truly, this was the Son of God. You're standing up there and you're standing there and you're saying, This is the Son of God. This is in reference to Him. And when I go down into that grave, that watery grave, that's representing His death and glory to God, He came out of that water. He came out of that grave as I came out of the water as a testimony to His life today. He's alive forevermore. And so am I. That's a testimony when you stand in that water. This also reminds me of the woman of Samaria. You remember she had received Christ as the Messiah. What did she do? She went home and kept her mouth shut. No. Bible tells me in John chapter 4 and verse 29, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And this also reminds me of Christ when he asked the disciples. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. If someone asks you, How did you get saved? What did you tell them? I touched the television and felt a big spark go through me. Uh, I, I, uh, I walked down the street and I stumbled down and fell and it didn't hurt me at all and I was saved. Well, that's not the story, that, that's not the account that we need to be giving out. We need to be telling people about Jesus Christ, the real Savior. 
Well, now, I said one more voice. Now, I hear one more voice close to the Lord. I hear these voices, the voice of earnest appeal. Luke chapter 23, verses 39 through 42. And one of the male factors which were hanged, remember, we said that, that, that these thieves hanging with him, they ridiculed Christ. But now notice, one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. One of the thieves, crucified with Christ, finally recognized him for who he was. He was the Savior. This same thief had joined earlier in with the other thief, maligning the Lord. But now he accepted the fact of who the Lord really is. The Lord of lords, King of kings, the Savior, the Son of God, the Lord of glory, the one altogether lovely, the Prince of peace. Now as we think of this, the voices. Now I've just touched the, the hem of the garment. When we think of the voices we've heard through God's word today, I wonder which voice is yours now or possibly in the future. Will it be that of unholy ridicule? Which is your voice? Unconscious gospel? I've met people who will admit they are drunkards and they've never trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I've sat down with these people and witnessed to them. And do you know that they know how to quote the Bible? Do you know that they know verses possibly more than I know? I don't know. I've talked to these people. That's unconscious gospel. They're giving it out without realizing it. Unbelieving repetition. The voice of hell. The voice of unholy blindness. And I pray that it will not be your voice, the voice of hell. Because when you go to hell without Jesus Christ, you will curse God. The unholy Blindness, compelled confession, or that of earnest appeal. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Well, you know what Jesus said to him, don't you? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You're going to be with me today. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are you ashamed? For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. A pardon of God is necessary for anyone to escape the jaws of hell. Amen. But the pardon of God is only good for those who accept it. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The death of Christ in your place secures your pardon if you accept it. He died the death that you deserve. He paid the gruesome penalty for your sin in full. Notice, heaven's a choice. Hell, a choice. Choosing Christ means heaven. Rejecting Christ means hell. What does your voice say? I choose Christ. I will do what Christ says. Or I choose hell. And as a Christian today, what do you choose? As for me and my house, 
We will serve the Lord. What about you and your house? Will you serve the Lord? Are you serving Him? Are you telling others about Jesus Christ today? Do you hear the voices? I hear voices today coming from the book. Let's pray.